Simon, welcome to the Commerce Talks podcast. Today we are talking about kids clothing, high quality kids clothing. Please introduce yourself and introduce Namuk. Hi, Alex. Thank you for having me. I'm very pleased to give you some introduction about Namuk and what we're doing currently. Um, first about myself, I joined Namuk about two and a half years ago. Um, basically, there I was a digital marketing manager, um, but responsible for everything, e-commerce, website, uh, marketing, everything you can imagine. I have a background in search engine marketing. I was working at the Web Republic, the leading digital agency in Switzerland for search engine marketing. And I also did some corporate communications there. And at Namuk now for two and a half years, I'm not only responsible for the website, basically, but also the whole tech stack. So uh, we are in the middle of transforming our business from manual to software driven, uh, which is quite interesting um, to be at the forefront or being responsible to do that all together. And we are coming back to that pretty soon, I guess. Yeah, so just for the ones that uh, don't know Namuk, uh, so when, when I'm um, looking at the website, it looks like um, happy kids uh, wearing mm -hmm. outdoor clothing. Um, can you explain a little bit the niche, the price points? So uh, yeah. uh, is it is it a is it a very um, a very big market, a huge market, or is it a small niche in in Europe? Are we talking about like billions in revenue? Um, I, I would rather say hundreds of millions. Um, The kids outdoor clothing market is very big and uh, the good thing is that kids always grow and there is always new kids coming um, basically, but uh, the market is quite big. It's not, it's not, it is a niche in the fashion and outdoor apparel industry. You can say that because we only focus on kids zero to 12 years, um, but it's not a very small market. Yeah. And in front of a price point, if if I'm if I'm buying a, a travel a travel clothes for kids or an outdoor rain jacket or so, what, what are we talking about? Like 50 um, uh, euros, 100 yeah. euros? No, um, Namuk uh, places itself in the premium segment, so we want to be the let's say the the premium outdoor fashion brand uh, for kids clothing. Um, we we do focus on a higher uh, price point. So what we basically do is um, we, we, we focus on, on the kids because they use the garments the most. So when you see an adult mm. walking from his home to the bakery with a mammoth jacket or an Arctic jacket, he doesn't need it very much, but kids use the garments very, very frequently and very heavy. Um, and The, the, the issue we saw in the market is that kids clothing is always produced very cheap or just as takedowns from adult clothing with cheap materials, um, not waterproof whatsoever. And Namuk um, like covers this niche and produces very high quality, very durable, uh, long living clothing for kids so they can stay outside as long as they want to. And that's basically our philosophy in the market. Um, we want to bring kids outdoors and they don't have to worry about clothing or having cold or whatsoever. Yeah. And in, in Switzerland, uh, where you're from, it's usually not known for um, vertically uh, garment production. So uh, <laughs> yes. I guess uh, most of the stuff you're selling is not produced in Switzerland. Can, can you give us a bit more insight in, into the supply chain? So where do you produce and 
why are you able um, to produce in a higher quality? Sure. Yeah, I mean, fun thing is Switzerland was well known for textile industry about 100 years ago or 200 years ago. Um, but today you are correct. Um, most of our garments or most of yeah, most of our garments, but also the clothing is produced in uh, China. But we also have um, you have to imagine basically the all the things which have to be waterproof, uh, windproof. Um, China has uh, a lot of very good manufacturers um, where they can produce uh, these things. We do 50%, almost 50% of our clothing in Europe. So Italy, um, Portugal, Slovenia as well. But the, the more technical garments and, and clothing is done in China mainly. Um, but also, for example, the merinos, the socks, T-shirts we can produce in Europe. Is it, is it is it like in the um, consumer electronics industry? I, I remember Tim Cook saying that that it's not possible to produce a, such a high quality um, mobile phone like the iPhone in Europe or in the US because we don't have the production uh, um, capabilities anymore. So this is, this is all in China. Is this the same with um, high quality or um, high tech garment? I would say in China. I would say so definitely, and and uh, lots of the materials come from China as well. So it makes no sense for us to have the the materials produced in China or Vietnam or somewhere else and then fly it to Europe and, and make it here for a way higher price and also the quality might be less good. Um, so we decided to um, produce the goods where the garments are made basically and then only ship it once uh, to Europe once they're done, yes. And where is Namuk sold today? Do I find it like in every good sorted uh, um, kit store in all over the Dach area, all mm -hmm. over Europe? Is it direct to consumer or is it like an Amazon brand? No, it's not an Amazon brand. Absolutely not. We um, focus on basically two um, markets or business models. We, we do 50% of our revenue D2C direct from our website, so our own channel. And 50% is basically retailer. So we have um, not we have two small single stores from ourselves, but we focus on on two main layers. 50% is our own channels, and 50% is selected um, premium retailers. So we have a selective distribution strategy. We only focus on um, premium outdoor retailers and some kids clothing uh, retailers as well. And, and those outdoor clothing retailers, how, how do you choose them? Uh, is, is, is one selection criteria their online capabilities or it's rather how they present the merchandise in their store and how they can consult the customer? Yeah, rather the second one, um, because what, what Namuk is missing basically is um, being able to talk to the customer on the, on the, on the, on the ground in the stores. Um, it's very expensive to build your own stores and flagship stores in the state we are right now. Um, so basically we select our partners based on their locations, based on their uh, premium showroom in quality, um, what brands they carry, what, what, um, what interest they also have to bring our brand forward. So we want to grow with our retail partners, first of all, um, normally we start very small, they have to figure out if Namuk sells on, on, on the ground and then they figure that even though the high, the high price point, um, 
customers are very happy with the quality and they come back for for that uh, to to buy Namuk in store. And so we we do select them quite heavily. We have requests from other um, retailers all day, but we we should only focus on the ones which basically bring some additional value to the brand on the floor. How have you built your brand so far? Because you said you have already like a direct to consumer um, share of um, 50%, which mm -hmm. is remarkable. So on mm -hmm. your own website, so people are already searching for um, Namuk, I guess, um, uh, in Google. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe long tail um, SEO also plays a role, high quality garment outdoors, stuff mm -hmm. like this. But there must be some brand awareness um, uh, among the customers. So, so how, how did you build the brand awareness so far? Yeah, this is a good question. Um, we don't. We don't know. <laughs> no, but I, I would basically say um, that the the product speaks for itself. Um, so word of mouth is a is a big have, has a big impact because when people, for example, um, use our our gloves and they put it into water for five minutes, or kids are playing around with water and they're just dry after you've used them. Um, mothers or or parents um, talk a lot about where do you get these gloves from what what brand is it and so on so we profit a lot from just the high quality of the product itself um, but in terms of marketing we did a lot of performance marketing also due to my background in, in search and performance marketing for the last six years so um, we do have quite a, a good performance marketing setup within Switzerland but we have to say that this is mainly focused on Switzerland so far We just opened up uh, Germany and the US uh, last quarter, so in November uh, 21. And we are now expanding our marketing activities into these areas as well. But at the moment, uh, our key brand awareness focus is in Switzerland. Um, and I mean, also there you have to say we, we, we basically have 1% or 1.5% market share in Switzerland still, but you see Uh, on the ski slopes that there is Namuk all around, um, but there's still a lot of potential to be better known in the market. How do you approach this go-to-market strategy, US or, um, or or even Germany? Because if you're like, ask the bigger platforms like Zalando about you, they will tell you, Simon, the only way to reach the customer is uh, uh, selling on our platform because we have the customer already. It doesn't make mm. sense to build your own direct-to-consumer experience. Uh, you cannot match ours. We have better services. Uh, everything is faster. The customer is trusting uh, um, us. So please get rid of your direct-to-consumer sure. uh, um, approach and focus on our platform. So what, what do you think about this pitch? Yeah, I mean, the, the pitch is, is not bad and it's correct most probably because um, I've read uh, a number a few months ago that like 60% of all e-commerce transactions happen on these platforms. Um, so we definitely agree on that they have good access yeah. to customers and big market share. Um, but Namuk um, tries to go its own way. So we focus on having a direct channel to our customers because also we are in, in a more premium segment, higher price. We have to um, deliver other services or better services and and the direct relationship to the customer and that's what we focus on within the us we started also with retailers um, so we basically do the same approach as in switzerland we we reach out to um, premium outdoor retailers um, get a foot into the door and also building our own channels uh, simultaneously and 
both channels they they um, in German we say befruchten, um, so they they help each other to to grow. Mm. Okay, but but what is then your what is then your answer towards uh, Zalando or in in the US it could be uh, Nordstrom or Walmart. Um, even and in the US, I think um, Amazon is still the biggest fashion retailer. There's mm -hmm. no there's no Zalando yet in the US or or, or about you. It could be a, it could be a choice to go to um, Amazon.com, uh, mm -hmm. present your uh, present your merchandise and um, and build your brand awareness on top of the Amazon platform. Yeah, that's that's correct. Um, we we rather focus on a little bit more fashion oriented uh, platforms. So for example, or outdoor outdoor specific um, platforms as well, for example, backcountry.com or REI. Um, these are definitely partners we talk to, um, but it's also like you have to understand for, for, for our size, we are only 15 full-time employees at the moment. Um, it, when, you've, when you talk to a, a, a team at REI or a backcountry team, they are uh, hundreds of people um, on the other side. So basically we still figure out a way to provide um, all the data they need, all the images and the formats and, and all this kind of stuff. So um, this is this is a thing we do, we do approach. It's not going to be Solando, it's not going to be Walmart or whatever um, big, big retailer, but we focus on the outdoor industry platforms there are. Uh, maybe not this year, but definitely uh, in the future. How, how many SK, SKUs are we talking about? So how many, how many different jackets or backpacks or helmets or whatever is selling? Yeah, we do sell about um, between 70 and 80 styles. So meaning uh, one Ren jacket is one style. Uh, it's about 2000 SKUs because you have these uh, like f five to 10 sizes per style. Um, so it's not that huge of a volume. That's also our philosophy. So we, we, we only want to produce lower create one or two rain jackets each and everyone every uh, piece has his own use case basically and we don't want to give you 10 different rain jackets for uh, just just that you can select from because every single item on our store um, we think has a use case and we only want to produce uh, variations of it and make the products we already have better over time okay um that i get so only only a couple of rain jackets is this a fashion kind of cadence you're in do you need to produce new rain jackets new styles um every six months or is it like a non-fashion cadence or you could you could get away with the same style for like two or three years um that i mean that's also a thing i listened to the podcast you did with um i, I forgot his name the guy from oscar yeah um few few episodes yes, ago. Uh, yeah that's uh, many um, episodes ago yeah yes from sweden and and they have a very nice approach uh, so they have this uh, permanent collection and for namuk we we tried to achieve the same um or in a in the same direction it was our philosophy from the start the way we do only have um like two seasonal collections so every um color is there for at least two years this also helps retailers to um, to grow with us. So basically they buy a, a yellow rain jacket this year, they see it sells very good and they can buy it next year as well. So they don't have to uh, put it in sale or whatsoever. Um, about 10% of our 
collection so far is is never out of stock about 40 percent is at least two seasons um, already in there and about uh, 40 to 50 percent is new every season and that's also because Namuk um, Namuk's USP is that it's it's a fashionable outdoor brand we look different than any other kids brand in the market so we are focusing on children but we are not childish so you when you compare um, our styles and our colors to to other brands in the market we are more fashionable than others which is also usp to us so we cannot stick to only white and black for for the next 10 years we have to produce new colors but what we do is we reuse our our garments um, in the collection for next year for example so we do have an upcycled collection which uses pieces from old clothing into new uh, styles but and high quality garment if it's like produced in uh, in china or in, Slo in slovenia mm -hmm. with a swiss brand that sounds for me that might be very compelling to chinese customers uh, to be honest so the ones i saw mm -hmm. when i'm like vacationing in switzerland or austria if there's like chinese customer they are really into those yes. brands so isn't that like the natural choice for a go-to-market strategy not the us but going to china first because the market is big you have some supply chain advantages mm -hmm. because the uh, the merchandise is already there um yeah so it would be it, so uh, obvious yes yeah but is, um, isn't that something you've you've been thinking about we have been thinking about and we have um strategically decided not to go there because the US market and, and Dach region still have so much potential um, to cover. And also um, based on our on our history, we are stronger in, in the Dach region. And uh, now we want to conquer the US market first, basically. And I mean, this is already so huge for us as a potential. We don't have to go to China right now. And also the market is, is more unknown to us. So we focus on, on what we know, what we are good at. And, and expand to these markets first, but we, we don't and we don't say no. It would be it would be an obvious choice and, and uh, most probably a good choice, but there you would most probably need good partners um, as well, which can help you to uh, to target the local local market. And now now you've said in your introduction that you're changing now from like a high quality kids garment company towards like a more like a tech company. Can, can you elaborate no, yeah, on that or, or what does not it Not really. It's more. It's more from we, we, we still are a kids garment company or a kids outdoor clothing company, but we did a lot of processes manually. Um, so B2B orders, stock reservation, all these sorts of things, which is very hard to do manually when you grow. We are just um, in, in the midst of a transformation regarding uh, the use of software. For example, we are building an ERP right now um we are migrating our old legacy magento shop into a shopify plus store which gives us more speed um to to adapt to new market um strategies but also giving us a better crm for example we will um, have the possibility with shopify to go into email marketing more um, b2b software which we can uh, adapt to the store and so on so we are way more flexible in the future just to scale our business 10 times we don't know I'm, i mean we we know that it's kind of a step backward from magenta to shopify in some ways um, re regarding flexibility or whatever you can do 
but it's less development heavy and um, to grow 10 times within the next three to five years we need systems which are more flexible and also less manual than than what we did right now and um, so we try to achieve the next level before we might use other systems like factory or spriker or whatever but to to reach that gap yeah yeah improve. i i totally get it it's interesting how you how you um how you structure um, um the market Ob obviously like 10 15 years ago magento would have been like the go-to choice that there was, was no it, yeah. alternative and now there are alternatives like with shopify yes. plus and other um services because I, i i would guess like your tech team handling like the uh ux still is like less than five people or 10 people in the next year it's yeah it's yeah it's <laughs> it's you yeah. so and i think there is there's obviously some uh, some trade-offs you have to uh, um, you have to make i totally can understand uh, um this uh, um this uh, this choice and the more wholesale b2b-ish it will get obviously the more limitations you have um, uh, um with the shopify plus or yes. or similar uh, choices but uh, like for the next two to three four five years it might be a very good choice uh, a very good choice To go, um, so you were saying that you're not into uh, um, 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 CMS uh, uh, right now, where you're like writing individualized um, uh, newsletters or WhatsApp message to to your customers, because you know um, the interesting thing with you is there's like a constant need for new garments mm. for kids. So mm. when there's like a, a family buying. 120 out uh, euro outdoor jacket uh, um, for girls uh, let's say in october 2021 you know there's most likely a new need in october 22 or 23 depending how yes. the family is how the family is buying um, is it something where you see like a huge potential where you have a team already like writing this kind of messaging saying hey new year, new season, new jacket, uh, um, uh, is it something where you have invested already? We are doing it right now. So basically with the migration away from Magento mm -hmm. comes a lot of um, additional uh, software which we will use. That That's also a thing. I mean, when you asked about how did you build your brand awareness, this is this is a, a thing we are, we are like desperately looking forward to. Um, being able to have um, the data of a mother buying the product and in, in eight months we can give her uh, a personalized newsletter and say, hey, how satisfied have you been with, with uh, the rain jacket you already bought? Here's the new color. Um, all this kind of information. We, we do have it like at some point right now, but we are not really um, taking, taking um, advantage of it. And with the new system, we are implementing um we will definitely improve on that and we will be able to at least give our existing customers a better experience in terms of what we can provide as a service that that's definitely a thing we're looking forward to yeah okay and the and the, and the the question that is connected with this is um you say your garment is like super stable super reliable mm -hmm. super sustainable so most mm -hmm. likely like after one season it's still usable so there's there's a very there's a very um vivid secondhand markets for kids especially mm -hmm. for high quality garment um so i guess uh people give it to their friends or other families they know um is this something you can you could offer in, in in a platform way where you think okay i take your garment back depending on mm -hmm. on how much it's used you're getting like 20 percent of the retail price mm -hmm. 
we will upcycle uh, um, and and then um, bring it into our like secondhand marketplace stuff. Is, is this something where you see potential or fit for your business model? Um, that, that's actually what we already do. Um, so in February last year, we um, tackled a long uh, idea we, we had for a long time and we started um, building up a reuse platform. So there is Namuk Reuse. It's only available in Switzerland at the moment because we decided to do it on our own. So we don't partner with a, a, a secondhand platform or or uh, like a provider. We do it on our own to also give a signal to the market that we believe in the durability of our clothing and we buy it back no matter what. So the quality doesn't really matter um, regarding the price you get back. Um, we take the full risk. We um, give you 20% of the retail price um, anyways. And and we take care of the, 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 the selling process afterwards. So this is um, already done in Switzerland and we try to expand this to other markets as well. Maybe there we have to go with partners first because in Switzerland we can do it on our own because we are based in Switzerland. But um, providing this in, in Germany or also in the US will be a big step for us. And it's also one of our key um, or our, our focus points in, in the future. That's one of our one of our pillars of the growth strategy we follow up with yet. It's re reuse and also recycle. Can you can you explain the reuse um, uh, customer journey a bit? So I'm buying mm -hmm. a jacket uh, uh, from mm -hmm. you and like part of the journey within the checkout process is already that I can send it back like within a year or two years or three years, no matter what. And you're giving me 20% of the retail price or how, how does it work? Is it or is it is a more individual process where you say, okay, there's a high demand for this jacket, for this trouser, for this device, whatever, and um, write an email individually to the customer. So how, how does it work? No, um, the, 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 the promise we, we give you basically is we, we don't communicate it very good yet but we are improving on that the promise we give you is that all the outer layers so the things you don't wear directly on your body you can send us back no matter what um, on the website at the moment it says uh, if it's not older than three years but basically we take back everything um, and then what we see is that the quality of the products are still like it's new a lot of times and then we can uh, resell it on nomcreuse.ch. So um, there's a direct link between the two websites and going forward, uh, we try to integrate that into the new shop system. So basically when you check out, you will be able to um, like buy the same product reused. And one thing we're looking forward in the future is also that you can rent it. So basically you will have three options in the checkout, buy it new, buy it as reused or rent it out for just a season and then give it back. This is also a thing we are looking into right what now. What would be the, the rental price compared to the retail price? Uh, we can't we can't say right now. We are just uh, testing it. So basically we, we partnered up with Circle Supply, um, mm. a startup from Valais, um, and they will uh, do this with us first this season. Mm. And then we will use some of the data we, we gathered and see with which price point um, is good for our customers, basically. Um, they will focus on, on uh, 
tourists or people join, uh, coming to Switzerland for one week, for two weeks, um, staying in a hotel and then they get all the ski clothing for their kids for one week and then they can give it back. I assume the price point is um, is very like, I, I can't tell it what it is right now, but we know that it because we have a high price um, product, um, it's easy to only rent it like three times, five times, um, and we, we we are profitable basically. Yeah, that's even better than rent a runway. So um, so, but uh, <laughs> but that, that brings me to uh, to another thought. So today, when I'm going into um, a ski rental center in Switzerland or, or Austria, mm-hmm. um, I know that you, obviously you can rent a snowboard, ski, all this equipment. So it's not standard that you can rent the the garment. So there's no there's no option today that I can go in there. I'm staying like for a week. Mm-hmm. I don't need this full fully fledged uh, jacket snow trousers i only need it for a week that's not available for kids nor for um, adults yet i mean there there might be but not as far as we know or not on a big scale interesting also Mm -hmm. the rental business model um has not um uh, has has not gained a lot of traction in the market or with consumers um so far in in the kids clothing sector you see that there are um, some especially for babies there are some some uh, shops where you can do that so you get like your first pair of of bodies or um, like for for the babies when they really grow fast. but it totally it, to- it totally makes sense so uh, uh, that, that's the market I've never thought about so in, in a she rental environment when you're staying at a nice hotel in Switzerland Austria or whatever mm-hmm. and say okay uh, um, now there's some snow uh, let's go to the rental uh, um, center. Um, mm-hmm. I, you usually would need everything, gloves, uh, um, scarves, uh, all this like high quality stuff. Uh, and you don't want to like um, come home with all the stuff because you may, might not have the space <laughs> in your in your <laughs> luggage or like a rental. And, and it's, this, was, this would even lead to like another interesting uh, business potential though people could opt in for like buying it and then you can send mm-hmm. it uh, uh, to, to them, to, to their home. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting model from my point um, um, of, of view. So I, I was remembered a bit um, when you say you're taking it back um, no matter what on the Ikea thing. I don't know if you remember like two or three years ago, they had this kind of uh, um, slogan. You can bring your mm-hmm. old Ikea bed, uh, you, you name it. Uh, and, and we just we just uh, and you can change it into whatever you want. And this was heavily misused <laughs> in Germany. Uh, I don't I, I don't think it was misused in, in other markets, but it was an interesting effect. So uh, but but I totally I totally buy it. I totally um, believe it. When you're thinking about like go to market strategies, especially like strategies um, communicating with your customers. So apart from the online shop experience, is it uh, what what we've heard in, in, in other podcasts is that um, messaging services are getting more important. Um, so on your website, having a 24-hour live chat where people can ask, okay, um, can I use this rain jacket when I go with my kids on the next tour in, in, in the Himalayas? Mm-hmm. Uh, is, it, is, it, is it something where you, where you see some traction or is it too early to say? Um, I definitely see traction there. Um, like the, this chat uh, icon on the website we do have as well. Uh, it's not there 20, or we don't, uh, answer you 24 7 because we don't want to go with chatbots or uh, things like that we do want to provide you a personalized customer service so 
Um, it's our customer service team answering it basically from nine to five. It's me answering you um, from five to nine, basically when my kids are in bed or something like that. Um, but we will provide you with a personal customer service. Um, regarding the, the messenger um, communication, my personal opinion is that it is more personal than email and we have to be careful what to like what to tell on on whatsapp or sms messenger or whatsoever um, because it's your personal device and it, we should not use it to um, do mass communication basically but like give you a reminder where your package is or um, this kind of thing hey how how was your um, uh, jacket performing are you happy can we improve somewhere this is communication we will definitely look into, but we will not use it uh, the same as, as email marketing, for example, because it's on your personal device and it can be very uh, disturbing if you use it as a, like a mass communication. Okay, um, and then another question about your assortment. So as this is like super high quality garment, are you sometimes drawn into the idea of creating something for older children or leave, like even adults mm -hmm. even maybe some tiny device where 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 parents would say ah this kind of jacket quality i would i would wish for having something similar for for myself or i want to have like the same style uh, uh mom daughter mm -hmm. um similar style stuff so is this something where you would say that, that makes sense to invest um it's definitely a request we get often so like the oh this is jacket is so nice i would wear it myself we hear that a lot mm -hmm. from our customers um, we also did one or two um, items already uh, where we um, made a collaboration, for example, with Ansoa, um, where we could uh, design a jacket for adults and, and kids. But it's not a thing we are looking at uh, to expand, basically, because we are a kids brand. We want to focus on kids only clothing. What we might have um, up to for the next two to five years is expanding the the average age um so what we are we are basically now in the market for two to 12 year olds we are going down uh, to zero to two a little bit right now already with uh, baby suits baby gloves and and stuff for baby but we also um think about going to the age of like a teenagers 12 to 16 but this would uh, re uh, require uh, rethinking of our brand because this little owl is very cute and teenagers might not be into that so this will take a little bit more time going forward but it's an option but not for adults right now because um, the core of our brand is being a kids brand and we don't like it, it's fun that we have a lot of parents wanting the same stuff um, but it also creates a little bit of a need and and uh, they are proud that their kids can wear a namuk and and to to show that around basically and not being able to wear it yourself. Mm. Um, okay, yeah, makes uh, to totally makes uh, totally makes sense and um, um, and yeah, and it makes sense to con concentrate and focus on your niche. Of, um, um, obviously, mm -hmm. um, so uh, what are you apart from um, moving your Magento installation into a Shopify Plus environment are there any other like big things you're looking uh you're looking forward to in 2021 uh, in 2022 um you said you're like 15 ftes i guess this is your mm -hmm. 
biggest growth bottleneck. So because the de there must be like a global demand for this kind of high quality, uh, uh, maybe even luxury garment for um, for kids. Um, so I guess you could even grow faster with more mm -hmm. uh, with 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 a, with a bigger headcount. Is this your growth bottleneck? Mm -hmm. Are there or are there other things to come in 2022? Regarding growth bottleneck, I would say definitely recruiting is, is one of the mm. biggest issues. Um, and we are heavily investing in, in recruiting right now. So um, like two weeks ago, an operations manager joined. We are uh, getting two new salespeople for Switzerland next month. We have two open positions in, in marketing, social media, content marketing right now. Um, so basically having two less people on the floor is, is right now is a, is a thing which uh, which hinders us for growth, but we are heavily investing this year in that. Um, other than this, um, like what, what holds us a little bit back is, is this manual process of, for example, B2B orders, also reorders, um, which you had to enter manually or place manually. And, and there we are looking forward to having our Bright Pearl ERP system up and running uh, in two weeks. And then uh, the migration of Shopify, and then might be uh, what, like what we're looking at also is uh, a B2B platform where retailers can place their orders themselves, look through the new collection for next year, uh, already place pre-orders. Um, that's definitely a thing we are looking for, yes. And then with the Shopify comes all the, 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 the CRM, the, the communication channels. We are building up a loyalty program for our loyal customers. Um, or like things refer a friend or this kind of stuff we are just looking into right now, which will give us um, another way of scaling this year, definitely. Yes. Cool. Simon, thank you for your time. Um, I have to fly out to Switzerland today. Uh, I will I will have an eye on potential like Namuk uh, customers um, over there and uh, try to check your statement about that you're seeing Namuk a lot in Switzerland uh, already. <laughs> It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much, Alex. Thank you.